Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And this is part two of our recap of Sense and Sensibility. Yes. So I thought we'd, um, since it's the second episode, I thought we could start by saying what our favorite scenes are from the oh, movie. Yeah. Um, I had a hard time picking because there were a lot of good ones. Yeah. A lot of dramatic, uh, heart-wrenching <laughs> scenes and then a lot of funny scenes. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with a funny scene. Um, I obviously love uh, Mr. Palmer. He's my favorite. <laughs> um, and I think the scene where, uh, I think it's Miss Jennings and Mrs. Palmer, I think they're playing cards. Uh-huh. Um, and it's raining and Marianne is, you know, out in the fields, out in the rain, <laughs> getting wet. And they're like, what is she doing out there? And then Miss Palmer is like, she's going to return dripping wet. <laughs> and he's like, thank you for that observation, dear. It's <laughs> <laughs> just very loud, so because of the deadpan, like, you idiot. Yeah. Duh, it's raining. Yeah. yeah, that's the kind of humor that really gets me in Jane Austen. That just, you know, you can be listening to the yes. book or whatever and you're just like... It just catches you off guard and you just laugh, 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 It's so funny. (laughs) I love that scene. Yeah. I think my favorite scene, this is also a tough one because there are so many great scenes and there's so many funny scenes, but my favorite is a real heartwarming scene that really has Mm -hmm. stuck with me since the first time I watched it. And it's right after that, actually. It's when Marianne is sick in bed and Eleanor is keeping a vigil over um, with her overnight. Uh Uh-huh. And she's basically begging her not to die. <laughs> and it's Ugh, so sad. It's so heartwarming. Um, I, I'm really close with my sister and mm-hmm. it just really touched me, that scene. And it's one that, uh, you know, touched me when I was young and watched it for the first time. And I still think about it. And it's the one scene that really stuck with me from the movie. Um, yeah. The first time I watched it. Yeah, it really speaks to their bond. Like, like yeah. she's like, I can't do this without you. Yeah, and Emma Thompson is so great. <laughs> so good, so good. All right, so here's a, just a few facts for this episode. The costuming was by Jenny Beaven and John Bright. Um, they were going for a really period-accurate costume featuring um, a fuller classical look and the colors of the late 18th century. And um, they do, the dresses, I think, look much fuller than, you know, some of the other. Yeah, definitely. There are a couple that I find fairly unflattering on um, Emma Thompson, especially. Oh, really? (laughs) I find them all unflattering. Well, they really went for the bosoms in this version. Yeah. (laughs) They're all real pushed up. There was one scene where, like, Fanny's boobs are just, like, up against her chin, practically. (laughs) Let's say there's a di- a, a dinner scene where uh, um, Eleanor's are about to like just fly out onto the table. <laughs> They're so like pronounced. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And they were talking in some of the special features about how um, you know how titillating the cost, how the clothes from that time really were, and like uh-huh. how on display everything was. Uh, it was also inspired by some English artists: Thomas Rowlandson, John Hopper, and George Romney. Which I don't know any of them. Me neither. But I do think that Marianne, she does look like a typical painting from the time period oh, yeah. of like a woman in English, English countryside, especially in her peach um, mm-hmm. dresses. Yeah, she does look very like uh, romantic. Yeah. So it was budgeted fairly 
Well, it was high for the type of movie it was, but low for in general for a, a movie um, with that much opulence. Uh-huh. <laughs> but at sixteen million. Oh, that's low. Yeah, it's it's low, but it's By today's kind of standards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but it's, you know, I would say it's like a mid-budget. But it was given, it it was considered a lot by the studio, but it was um, authorized off of the success of Little Women from the year before. Okay. And ultimately made $134 million worldwide. Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Especially off of $16 Yeah, that's a lot of profit. Yeah. Over $100 Maybe that's why there were so many Jane Austen adaptations. But they were probably already in production because... Well, we're about to get to it, but um, yeah. <laughs> at first, when they were uh, doing the filming, there was a little bit of culture shock between Angley and the cast because the cast would come up to him and you know make suggestions about what they thought their character should be, and Angley was un- thought that they- that they were being rude and thinking he couldn't do it, mm-hmm. but um, they figured it all out, and by the end, the whole cast was meditating with each other. <laughs> um, uh, Kate Winslet and Emma Thompson lived together uh, angley had them live together okay to form that bond yeah and a lot of the cast took lessons in etiquette and how to ride side saddle yeah even though eleanor's think the only one yeah eleanor's the only one who actually does <laughs> but hey free lessons yeah exactly i would definitely want to get in on that action i think i'd be too scared to ride side saddle i don't know why you dangerous. would want to ride side saddle <laughs> display um the music was composed by patrick doyle who had previously worked with Emma Thompson on Henry V, Much Ado About Nothing, and Dead Again, which is the movie that, yeah, Lindsay Duran and her had worked on previously gotcha. when she figured out she wanted her to be the writer. Um, <clears throat> I found a really glowing review of the soundtrack by NPR, who I always like to listen to for classical music because I like to uh-huh. listen to their um, piano puzzler. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the two songs that were sung by Marianne are both 17th century poems put to music. Okay. And um, Patrick Doyle received his first Academy Award nomination for this score. Oh, cool. Yep. Overwhelmingly positive reviews. It was included on more than 100 top 10 lists of the year, the year it came out. And it currently has a 98% on Rotten wow. Tomatoes. Wow. Highest of any movie so far. That's crazy. Maybe Blue Velvet was 98, but I think it was 95. That's crazy. Um, Let's see. As for awards, it won the Golden Bear at the Berlin International Film Festival, making Ang Lee the first director to win this award twice. It um, got 12 nominations for British Academy Awards, <laughs> including <laughs> wins for Emma Thompson for Best Actress, Kate Winslet for Best Supporting Actress, and Best Film. Oh, you know, I was going to ask you. Uh-huh. When you watched it, did you think Emma Thompson or Kate Winslet was the lead? Uh, Emma Thompson. Okay. For sure. Yeah. I feel like she had way more, like, uh... I don't feel like she had way more, but I do feel like it was from her perspective more. Yeah, her storyline seemed to be more of the main focus. Yeah. And I do think the first time I ever watched it, I thought Kate Winslet was the lead. (laughs) (laughs) But they could be definitely equals, like, co-leads, for sure. Yeah. Because Kate Winslet just kind of takes over the whole middle part of the movie. Yeah. Um, so it had seven nominations for Academy Awards, including for Emma Thompson for Best Adapted Screenplay, which she won. Um, she, at the time, I don't know if there has been one since then, but she was at least the first to win both for acting and for writing because she had won for Howard's End. Okay. 
So Ang Lee was not nominated for an Academy Award, but he was nominated for a Golden Globe. Um, <laughs> the fact that he was not nominated for Academy Award <laughs> kind of led to some consternation, and he had to tell the government of Taiwan not to make a big deal about it because it was just too much pressure on him. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. But um, he did win the Golden Globe. and Good for him. Uh, it also won. Oh, no, maybe he didn't win, but the, oh. the movie won. <laughs> A Golden Globe for Best Picture. Gotcha. And it also got a Best Screenplay. It was nominated for a ton more awards. Everything from, like, the Texas Film Critics to specific Guild Awards. And um, other people who were nominated for awards were Michael Coulter for Cinematography, Jenny Beaven and John Bright for Costumes, Patrick Doyle for Score, Alan Rickman for Supporting Actor. He deserved it. Yes. Elizabeth Spriggs, Mrs. Jennings, also um, got nomination for Supporting Actress. Morag Ross and Jan Archibald for Hair and Makeup. And Luciano Arrighi. Ooh. I think it's Italian. <laughs> Arrighi. Um, Best Production Design. And that was really, I love the production design. Oh, yeah. It was it's real a perfect. very opulent production. Um, even Hugh Grant was nominated for a SAG Award. LOL. <laughs> uh, so besides Persuasion the year before, which was actually a television movie, um, this was the first Austin adaptation in the cinemas since 1940. Uh, what? <laughs> when the old Greer Garson Pride and Prejudice came out. Good Lord, 50 years. <laughs> I know. And it's crazy because in 95 and 96, six different Austin adaptations were made for television and film. Wow. So in one year six were out which included at least three major motion pictures and there hadn't been one since 1940 there had been other adaptations like in the 80s bbc did Uh a bunch but um they had to make up for it (laughs) yeah and i think it's time for new resurgence um in 2008 the independent newspaper ranked it as the third best austin adaptation of all time wow I don't know what the other ones were, so I can't I put that into any context for you. <laughs> and then journalist Zoe Williams credits Emma Thompson as being the person most responsible for Austin's popularity. And I think we are proving that ourselves with yeah. uh, at least the Thompson women. Yeah, I would say <laughs> her, the mom, and her Between sister. her and her mom and her sister, they have been directly involved in all of the Austin adaptations we have done so far. Wow. Of course, they've all... I guess Pride and Prejudice is much later, but she was still involved. Yeah. Um, and the film's popularity saw the original novel go onto the t- New York Times bestseller list. Wow. Which is a real testament. Oh, yeah. You can put a 18th century novel. <laughs> novel <laughs> back onto, like, bestselling of that modern day yeah. 90s. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so that's it for our facts for this episode. Marianne. Marianne is super excited to go to London because she really wants to see Willoughby. And Eleanor is really annoyed that she has to spend weeks or even months with Lucy Steele. Yep. I would Um, do too. (laughs) And they just, I mean, there's very little. It's just they're there. It just goes straight from we're going to London and some sad or glad faces to we're in London. Yep. So they arrive in 
London and Marianne already has a letter ready to go. And <laughs> she hands it to Mrs. Jennings, who says, you know, give it to, what's his name? The footman? I didn't. I want to say Byron, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> I think I have it in a different one, but I don't want to look it up. Okay. Uh, so she says, you know, give it to him. He'll, <laughs> but he plays a really funny part. He does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Willoughby is all she can think about, clearly. And mm-hmm. he won't return her letter. She's just waiting. Every time she hears a ring at the door, every time she passes, the servants, she's asking, is there a letter? letter? Is there a letter? <laughs> it reminds me of that scene from Emma where she's waiting for that invitation. Yeah. And she's like, we wouldn't want to go, but be yeah. nice to be invited. Well, it's like when you really are waiting for someone to call you, mm-hmm. especially if it's someone you like and they just won't call. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just... like someone will be like, oh, I'll text you. And you're like, where is it? <laughs> Why have you texted me? Yes. You're just waiting and waiting. There's nothing you can do. So while she's sitting there waiting with every sound she hears ready for it to be willoughby it's actually colonel brandon and she's very disappointed and immediately leaves (laughs) um but he just wants to know if they're engaged so he's asking eleanor Mm -hmm. but no one actually seems to know the answer to that question we find out later that he's asking because he already knows that willoughby was a scoundrel and um he's so if they're not engaged he's gonna warn her off right but he already has heard that they are, and nobody can say that they're definitely not. Confirm nor yeah. deny. So he just says, may he endeavor to deserve her. <laughs> <laughs> so Lucy is hanging on Eleanor's arm as oh, Mrs. Jennings is teasing her about Edward, which is, <laughs> I mean, poor Eleanor. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I need to get away. Yeah. Um, and Marianne still, with her one-track mind, she's still writing letters, still calling up uh, the guy in the middle of the night with <laughs> <like> his <laughs> wig is askew. <laughs> Probably because he was sleeping, and then he heard a knock, and he was like, oh, my God, this girl, yes. <laughs> and, like, just plopped his little wig on real quick. Yep. It's like, you can't even send it to the post at this time anyway, so. <laughs> exactly. He's like, what do you want me to do with this? Um, so they're, they're going to this fancy ball, and... I really like the way, as soon as they get out of the carriage, Mrs. Jennings is like, the horses have been here, and they Watch have to step. avoid the horse shit. Watch your step. <laughs> and that was just horse shit. I, I know. Like, They're all dressed up to go into the super fancy ball where you can tell it's super rich people. Mm-hmm. Um, and But you have to navigate a maze of horse shit on the way in. Gross. <laughs> um, actually, this is funny. Uh, they were afraid that they were going to get a G rating on this film. Really? Because there's just, you know, there's no sex or... There's really no cursing. Really no violence. But supposedly, and I listened to it a second time, I didn't hear it. Supposedly, Hugh Laurie says damn in this ball scene. And so when they were showing it to the ratings board, they pointed that out to them specifically so that they could get a PG rating because they thought getting a G rating would just be the kiss of death for the movie. I guess so, yeah. They would be like, this is just some boring kids Kids movie. movie. Yeah. Yep. So... Unfortunately, Edward is not here at this ball. Nope. Of course he's not. He's hiding from everyone. Yeah. <laughs> especially Lucy and Eleanor. But Robert Ferris is. And he's incredibly rude to Eleanor. Everyone is so rude to Eleanor thinking that her and Edward are a thing. But little do they know that Lucy is really the one. And she's like 
digging her nails into Eleanor's arm. You can feel it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ugh, gross. And I don't understand what Robert's deal is. I never understand his motivation as to why he gets together with Lucy in the end. Why he's so rude about Eleanor, especially in this version where it's just like, I guess they kind of have a little gossipy so i guess yeah. i could see them getting together because they kind of connected with he the gossip just a little weasley like little rat like i did i like i think i was a purposeful casting because <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh you're gross yeah but he's probably not really gross if he's married to sophie thompson no i mean not <laughs> real, i mean obviously you play up the character right. with hair makeup and like you know, obviously character traits but you know he just has that kind of like mousy look to him but like yeah. not in a good way yeah he was really He's so rude to Eleanor. Yeah, immediately I was like, okay, so everyone in that family is just a giant garbage pail. Except for Edward. Kind of. He's just the biggest pushover. Plus, he got sent away for his childhood. So. Oh yeah, it reminds he reminds me of Chidi from The Good Place because like (laughs) Chidi's like bad thing was that he was so indecisive and couldn't commit. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what he's that's why he's bad because he can't just commit and say something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's like the Chidi. Except for he's she's got way more personality. Yeah, she's better. <laughs> um, so Robert Ferris is dancing with Eleanor. Um, yeah. When Willoughby cuts in, and you know he's talking to Eleanor like he's like how is she? Is you know like he's still in love with Marianne, but as soon as Marianne sees him and screams Willoughby <laughs> <laughs> and runs across the room, then he just you know clams up. Mm-hmm. and he's really cold and um so uh, he goes back into his room with the richies and his new lady who like turns around and sizes up marianne with yeah. her eyes and disapproves and they're like look at their country fashions <laughs> do you know that so i mean i don't know what will it be he's getting himself into some he is a... well i guess he deserves it but he is gonna be unhappy for the rest of his life <laughs> oh for sure um yeah it seems like he's the like um what's it called maybe the elton of this where he's like you know more obsessed with uh-huh. finding money instead of just being happy yeah <laughs> um so oh <laughs> when she's doing that though when she's giving her the side eye mm-hmm. there's like a little cut shot to a bunch of aristocrats who are also giving like some shocked like, expressions why are you in here and they're all the art department are they really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So they leave, and Marianne swoons for real this time, and is rushed away. Lucy stays behind, hang out with Robert. Yeah, girl, um, whatever. <laughs> and Marianne is up all night with one last letter. She's really rude to her sister, and this is where she starts to look dreadful in every scene, where mm-hmm. she turns gray. I swear they did. Yeah. I don't know how they did it, but she just looks like she's. She already looks sick. Yeah, yeah she's, can... like, not eating, probably yeah. not doing anything to help herself. Yeah. Finally, a letter has arrived. <sighs> but well, before we, we can find out about it, we have to hear a little quip from Lucy about how nice the Dashwoods are to her. And Eleanor is like, well, it's probably a good thing none of them know that you're engaged to their brother. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh. I was like, thank you, Eleanor. Guess... Snap at her. Yeah. <laughs> so Eleanor goes up reads the letter and the letter is dreadful mm-hmm. he is basically returning all of her previous letters returning the lock of her hair and eleanor is so mad 
for her sister and she she's like be. don't defend him because <laughs> you know right she's like well we weren't engaged he's not that bad and she's like yes he is doesn't he kind of intimate intimate in the letter that um he was like i don't know where you would have gotten that idea uh, yeah like uh but yeah. okay uh-uh <laughs> so terrible yeah that's a horrible letter um mrs jennings wants to help by fetching some olives to make her feel better <laughs> some olives does she like olives <laughs> i would be like no <laughs> i hate them leave me alone <laughs> Well, she can't stop crying, so. Yeah. So, uh, all the Dashwoods and the Pharaohs, 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 Ferrets, are all gossiping rudely about Marianne and saying that we can't let them visit because I already invited Lucy Steele to visit us. Barf. Yep. They invited their own doom into their own home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Colonel Brandon comes by to tell the whole truth about willoughby he's heard what happened and he just wants to hopefully make marianne feel better one day after realizing that she dodged a real bullet yeah (laughs) with him it seems very mirroring of pride and prejudice yeah so he tells that willoughby had basically impregnated and left his his ward eliza or beth they call her beth in this Mm -hmm. Um, she's the daughter of eliza his first love that he couldn't marry. And uh, that's why Lady Allen kicked him out of the house was because she found out about this love child and kicked him out, took away his inheritance, which good for you, Lady Allen. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> he did a lot of women you. a favor that day. Um, Colonel Brandon admits that Willoughby did intend to marry Marianne, though. But because of he lost his inheritance, he couldn't afford to marry her, basically. Wow. I mean, he could have, but they would have been poor. Right. That's just... Hmm. So Eleanor tells Marianne about Willoughby, and mm-hmm. Marianne just kind of looks numb at that point. She's pretty much been crying for a week, I assume. Yeah. Emotionally <laughs> drained. Yeah. Lucy comes back to the house to gloat that she's been hanging out with the... Um, Ugh. Yeah. She got to meet she's Edward's gross. mother, but she still hasn't seen Edward. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> hmm, weird. Suddenly he can't even be around his own family. And funnily enough, right after she says that, he arrives at Eleanor's house. She's like, I haven't seen Edward. And then, knock, knock, knock. Hey. Edward Ferris is here. <laughs> so it's like, in your face, Lucy. <laughs> so I liked uh, Eleanor because she was like, oh, uh, <laughs> send him in. Yeah, so that's a fun little awkward moment when he walks in and she can see him and he can see her, but he can't see Lucy yet. Yeah. And she's like, before you, put your foot in your mouth. Just take a glance. I believe you're well acquainted with Mrs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Miss Steele. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, okay. Um, so he's been gone from this movie for like... A lot of it. The majority of it. <laughs> um, he's finally back. Marianne comes in. She's super happy to see him. This is the first time she's had a smile since they arrived in London, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Eleanor is literally the only one in the room who knows what is going on with every person in the room (laughs) but she does nothing besides sit there in silence the whole time (laughs) (laughs) she's like i'm not gonna say anything i think she's just beside herself with um the drama i yeah with just i don't know who knows what i don't know what i can say about what (laughs) (laughs) and it's so awkward and edward just is like well i gotta go and lucy says well walk me home if you're going (laughs) um so then we see uh lucy 
with Fanny. And I like this scene. Because <laughs> it's the two worst people being horrible to each other. Okay. <laughs> so Fanny leans over and whispers, you know, after some dialogue to Fanny that she is, is engaged to her brother. For the and past five years. Fanny, who right before that was like, you can tell me anything. You should get a good husband. She tells her and she goes completely nuts. She starts screaming. There's feathers everywhere. Attacking her. <laughs> which I was, and Lucy was just like taking it. Like she wasn't fighting back. And I was like, I, as terrible as Fanny is, I would have smacked her right back. I'm like, girl, get out of my face. Yeah, well, she definitely wouldn't have won any favors that way. <laughs> no, I mean, she's not going to anyways. And um, we see Miss Jennings running down the road. And I wrote, there's a lot of horse poop in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say there was like, was that the scene where there was just like, Pile after yeah, pile after pile. Yeah, she's just running around it. And I was like, ugh, <laughs> gross. I suppose there must have been, though. Oh, oh yeah. I mean... Of horses are that's like what cars the, of the day. Yeah, and then that's what the English did way before, you know, toilet were a thing. They just threw it out the street. Oh, that's true. Like, I just saw... I think Victorian times was worse with, like, oh, like yeah, sanitation. Yeah. And stuff. yeah, and I mean, I just saw Something Rotten, uh, the musical, and they <laughs> make a joke, and it's from, like, the, you know, 1500s, 1600s. Yeah, it takes uh, place in Shakespeare time. Yeah, and uh, they made a joke about how, like, you know, oh, like, I hear this rumor that this guy has a toilet that flushes. <laughs> and they were like, oh, it, go, and it goes down the pipe. That's And he doesn't have to throw his shit out on the street. And he was like, yeah, he just flushes it. And then it goes through <laughs> a pipe out on the street. So it's just, like, gross. Yeah. It was disgusting back then. Let's see. Where am I? Um. Oh, so Miss Jennings has found out about Lucy and this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she's got the update. Marianne wants to know all the details. Um, she's she's upset for Eleanor, so it's nice to see you know them getting upset for each other. Yeah, because I feel like their relationship really is the most important relationship. They're the most solid. Yeah. Um, Eleanor doesn't seem upset enough for her for Marianne, mm-hmm. and this is also one of my favorite scenes because she's like where's your heart and eleanor just just had it she's like i've had this secret pressing on me for months and i couldn't tell (laughs) anyone and i had to keep it to myself and you're gonna sit here and accuse me of being heartless go suck on an egg (laughs) (laughs) i wish she had actually said that (laughs) but actually she really wounds marianne Mm -hmm. i mean i'm she really not wounds her but just gets to her yeah she i mean marianne realizes that she's been terrible yeah um i think this might be the point where marianne really starts to go downhill health-wise oh yeah so because i really feel like that that is a big turning point for her in this movie is when she realizes i've been wrong about everything yeah <laughs> not just my own feelings and other i mean what my... about everyone else around me? yeah so colonel brandon kindly offers edward a living at his estate um but he makes eleanor relay the message yeah for eleanor uh, she can't really say no she can't be like well i had this feelings for him and <laughs> <laughs> she's like all right i guess and she has to tell him so she tells him and i think he is expecting to be yelled at by her uh-huh but he still comes which you know he's such an avoidance person i think it shows how much he really likes her that even though he thinks she's gonna be mad at him he still comes so he's super shocked when she relays this kind gesture and assumes that it's her who had a hand in it yeah and he says your friendship has been the most important of my life 
And there is just so much happening under the surface in this oh, scene. Oh, yeah, this so much tension. This a quintessential under the surface scene because neither of them are saying at all what they're feeling, but we can see it. It's written I mean, all over yeah. their faces. I mean, you don't need them to say it to know exactly. This is one of those scenes that I would, I probably have said the subtext of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like half the times I've ever watched it. Um, so they they finally are leaving London. Um, finally. They're in the cage. The cage. <laughs> <laughs> they're in a carriage. <laughs> the cage. <laughs> With uh, Charlotte and Mr. Palmer and she's going it's like marianne just cannot escape the name willoughby even as they're leaving london charlotte Seriously. is just i can't believe his house is you can see it from our house and we're gonna plant some trees and he's like no we're not <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like no we're not and george i don't know if it was this scene or the next one but she was like it's only a half mile walk and he's like it's five miles <laughs> and she's like no it's not she's like it's the quickest five miles <laughs> Uh, that's so funny. five miles that's a really long way that is for that yeah um oh <laughs> and you know okay so they get to the house um and marianne says she needs a stroll in the garden and as soon as eleanor turns her back from the window which i don't know how she knows exactly when but as soon as she does she sets off into the wild with a purpose of finding that house she wants to see willoughby's house and it ends up raining just like the of day course. she met him uh, on that hill in the rain. And this is where Mr. Palmer starts his face turn <laughs> to go with wrestling parlance. <laughs> because we see that he's not just a mean, quippy, um, droll guy. He's really got a heart of gold under there because yes, he's really concerned about Marianne. Um, Colonel Brandon goes off to find her, of course, and carries her back just like Willoughby did in the rain carrying yeah. her in his arms um uh. and she's she's very ill um eleanor has to wake up mr palmer in the middle of the night to tell him that they need a doctor mrs palmer hysterically removes her child <laughs> he's like and herself from infectious the fever <laughs> Ooh, yes yeah, she freaks out um so the palmers all leave <laughs> marianne to their home they have a huge house yeah. um and Colonel Brandon can't just sit still and he has no. to do something. So Give me she, a purpose. Yes. So she sends him to go get um, Mama. <laughs> I like how she was like, well, her mom, she would feel better if her mom was here. He was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Perfect. Oh. That's just what I need to do. Well, right through the night. <laughs> dramatically gets on his horse and is like, we have to speed. Yeah. So the doctor is, you know, he bleeds her, which is always a really um, a memorable moment from when i watched it the first time yeah i hate those kind of scenes because i'm like because like nowadays why are you doing that yeah <laughs> i was like maybe she'd feel better if you weren't stopped draining her blood out of her body yeah but that was probably one of the least um invasive uh, what's the word i'm looking for harmful oh yeah least damaging <laughs> yeah. procedures yeah so we get to my favorite scene which is a long a long scary evening afraid that marianne is gonna die eleanor we see she's far from heartless. All this heartlessness she's been accused of is not true. She's, she's just protecting her feelings. Yeah. She loves Marianne. The beg when she's begging Marianne to try and rally and mm. she can't live without her. Um so sweet. Don't leave so me alone. I can bear anything but you leaving me and Ugh. I mean Marianne is white as sheet. Yeah, I was like, she's gone. 
Yeah, she doesn't look good. And oh, it's such dramatic and so intense, but it really gets you emotionally. But we make it through the night. In the morning, the birds are chirping and her fever has broken. Oh, thank goodness. Thank the Lord. And guess who's <laughs> arriving just now? Mama! <laughs> Mama. And I Mama. thought, where's Margaret staying? Is she like at yeah. Sir John's house? That's what I him? said. I was like, did she just not come? <laughs> She's just with Betsy and Thomas at home. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Miss Jennings? Well, Miss Jennings is at her house in London, right? I thought she, she came her home. home. I thought she stayed. Oh, I have no idea. She might have stayed. I was like, did they send her to Sir John? Because he doesn't even have kids in this version. It's just like no. Sir John and Margaret hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like <laughs> losing his mind. And she's, she's like, like playing ah. with the puppies. <laughs> A dream. Um, I'm sure Margaret could actually take care of herself fine. <laughs> I'm sure they left her at home and she was like, okay, bye. Yeah. So uh, Marianne thanks Colonel Brandon the first time she seems Thank you. genuinely to have noticed and care about him caring about her he <laughs> reads her poetry and she seems much more calm much more serious now level-headed and she wants him to be around she doesn't want him to stay away too long where are you going <laughs> this is sweet um finally she's up and walking again and this time it's in the sun. No more rainy walks for Marianne. And I was like, no more rain. Yeah. That's, rain is not your friend. Yeah, she's in the bright, full sun. And I noticed that at a certain point, I think after the Willoughby, before that she's wearing like peaches, uh-huh. like peach color the whole time. But after that, she turns to more of a, a blue, gray, green palette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did notice that. And as she's walking, she's finally appreciating her sister's good sense. You know, they both moved towards each other a little i would say they uh, they took out the better qualities in each other and were like i like these things yeah we i need to stop them. repressing this part of my personality yes. <laughs> um so tom comes in saying that mr ferris is married to miss Steele, as was <laughs> yeah and eleanor just leaves the table yeah she's like i gotta go yeah i think there's a uh deleted scene uh-huh where she's talking to her mom about how it's different to know something and then to really know something, you know, mm. to know something's going to happen and to have it be a certainty to yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, Colonel Brandon sent a piano <laughs> to Marianne. It's quite an extravagant gift. And I know. so, but we so know sweet. he really knows her, you know? Yeah. He was like, you like that's going to make her feel the best out of anything. Uh, and it was set up so perfectly by the window. I was like, I don't want yeah. this set up. Yeah. Um, life's, Seems like it's pretty much back to normal when suddenly <laughs> Edward arrives. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like this scene because like they're all outside just like hanging out, like having fun. And then they see the horse coming around the corner like, oh my God, we got to get inside. Look natural. <laughs> I know that has to happen in every version. I know. But she was like, look natural. And I was like, well, didn't he just see you all outside? On the walk? <laughs> it was so silly, but I loved it. Yeah. Um. So... I'm surprised, actually, that they never found out about this mix-up. Because with Mrs. Jennings and uh-huh. Sir John's penchant for gossip, you think they would Get have right. known the truth and, you know, told them. But I guess I maybe if... they've been avoiding them a little. Yeah, since... maybe they only heard the pre- preliminary, like, the last names. Maybe they just, yeah, and they were just true. like, oh, uh, duh. Yeah, everyone making assumptions. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Edward arrives and everyone just forgets how to talk for a little while. <laughs> they're all like oh this is so awkward we don't know what to say but finally they figure out that they're all under a misconception about who is married to who and edward clears things up 
basically. Um, I mean, he just says that Lucy and Robert were thrown together a lot, and that's uh-huh. why they got together. I still think it's kind of a manipulation. I feel like I need to know more. Somebody yeah. write a um, a backstory. Yeah, a backstory to Lucy and Robert getting together. So as soon as she finds out the truth, Eleanor has a breakdown, and Emma Thompson is really funny with her. <laughs> it's like when you want to not cry, but you can't stop it. It's just yeah. Coming out. out of your face. <laughs> um, Margaret and, you know, all the girls, they leave. <laughs> so they awkwardly get up like, like uh, <laughs> we got to get out of here. But they're spying from outside. They make Margaret go up in the treehouse and she's like, he's kneeling down, which is kind of a callback to that other scene where she's wondering if he'll kneel down. Right. And we end with a wedding with um, Colonel Brandon and Marianne getting married and we can assume that Eleanor and uh, Edward, Edward have already gotten married. Yeah, or going to. Yeah. Um, Willoughby is watching from a hill. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatically, just like, uh, ugh. Yeah. You ruined it. You fucked up your life. <laughs> um, and Colonel Brandon throws coins to the crowd. <laughs> I was watching it and I was laughing at the only time I laughed at Fanny uh her reactions to like the coin she was like oh get that yes, get that, get, yes. get it. Uh, um emma thompson was saying they she wanted her to get an a uh, coin in the eyeball like uh-huh. that's like, she uh-huh. had written for her to get hit in the head with it <laughs> she shut up yeah but um i don't know if you noticed there are zero kisses in this adaptation <gasps> is oh yeah they wrote a kiss scene but they, they cut it out. Cut it out. They only wrote it because the studio insisted that they write it. Yeah. Because um, they were like, no one's going to like this if there's no kiss. But when it was, you know, so long, that was like the first thing they cut. Mm. Yeah. And actually watching the scene, because the deleted kiss scene, it's not a great scene. Who is so. it? Eleanor? Just Eleanor and um, Edward. Edward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, maybe more so on Edward, but I don't, I don't need to see that. <laughs> it it doesn't seem like it's important at all like it doesn't seem like it's romantic even because it was more of a comedy more than a romance movie to me yeah and i mean it's not even something you really notice watching it no yeah so i never i I my reaction i didn't know at all exactly um okay so that's the end of the recap awesome final thoughts on the movie um do you want me to go first or sure well i mean i feel like my final thoughts are going to be somewhat like my um initial my first impressions in that i still love this movie mm-hmm. i think it's beautiful um you can tell it's getting older now so you know i'd uh-huh. love to see another I, well More modern. there is a, a really good adaptation of sense and sensibility actually that was fairly I think it was from like 2008 or something. Okay. Um, so we'll see that one day. It's really good. It's actually got um, Dan Stevens in the um, Hugh Grant part. Okay. They seem like really good parallels, parallels. to each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there are certain things. There's a scene, like I said, that's not in there that I wish was. <laughs> um, but overall... I think they do a really good job of adapting the book into a movie. And, you know, you miss stuff sometimes, but for the sake of the movie, it works really well. And it it has the most nostalgia factor for me because... One of your first. It's the first one. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I I uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I thought the cast was really good for the most part. I mean, I loved yeah. all the people. Uh, Mr. Palmer is my favorite. Uh, <laughs> but I thought everyone was great, and they had really good chemistry. Yeah. Like, even the secondary characters. Like, it felt so natural, and their writing was really, really good. Yeah, go Emma Thompson. Yeah, seriously. I feel like she can really channel Jane Austen at this yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> She's the rep right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah. For this week, for the deep dive, I decided to do Colonel Brandon because I love Ellen Rickman. And yay. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely other good portrayals of Colonel Brandon, but um, yeah, nothing's ever going to be Ellen Rickman in my nope. eyes. So he's perfect. <laughs> he is perfect. So, the a deep dive on the character of Colonel Brandon. He is the younger son of a landed family. Um, he made his career in the army because, obviously, uh-huh. um, he didn't... He wasn't going to inherit as a younger son. Right. Although, he did end up inheriting when his older brother died. Ah, uh, okay. So, the backstory for him... And I know he probably... I mean, he does discuss it in the movie so (laughs) this might be uh you know what you already know but uh he fell in love with his cousin who i think was his father's ward so Uh i think she lived with them um but his father did not want them to he was gonna elope with her but they were caught and they were forced to separate her his father did not want them to get married for some reason okay i assume she must have had some sort of money and maybe that's why she was his ward in the first place why he took her in uh-huh. So his father made his older brother marry her um, so that she could get the money as part of the family estate. Uh, but the brother was obviously a horrible person. He treated her horribly. He divorced her after a couple years, leaving her ultimately um, in a debtor's prison. Jesus. With an illegitimate daughter who was also named Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, who had been in india which i think is the same as east india east india and india i think are the same uh-huh. i mean he was in east india which i think is india okay yeah, yeah. um he yep. was in the army so when he returned from the army he found out about all of this and went and basically rescued eliza from her debtor's prison um and promised her she died shortly after that promised her to take care of her baby who is the ward that he's raising, Eliza. <laughs> right. He um, is relatively hands-off with her. Uh-huh. I he tries to, you know, visit and give presents, but he he's like, what do I know about babies? <laughs> Probably more than <laughs> most, because you're actually a nice person. So Right. Um, so in a scene that was later cut from the movie, which isn't one of the adaptations, but I don't even barely remember this from the book. Uh I think it's just mentioned kind of in passing when he's telling the story of what happened. But uh, he had a duel with Willoughby. Oh. Yeah. It's actually interesting to read about because, um, especially when you're reading from like Jane Austen scholars and stuff, because Jane Austen clearly didn't really know the mechanics of a duel at the time. Uh She just kind of knew them. So you can tell by the way she wrote about it that it's like, she just kind of knew the The preliminary. Yeah, of what it was. Yeah. so there, yeah, there's a duel. Um, 
because obviously he knows so he's got to confront willoughby and make him you know admit his wrong or whatever um they both survive obviously but mainly because (laughs) brandon did not kill willoughby (laughs) right yeah um he also has a sister who's married who when they're going to go to the picnic before he um gets drawn away uh they were going to go to the picnic at her house Uh... so that's why they can't go without him because nobody knows her they just know him and he's gonna introduce them all to her so um okay and then there is a book i found called colonel brandon's diary and i think it's from a whole series of books about from the perspective of the hero heroes and jane austen Uh it's by amanda grange okay so for sorting him i feel like i had a revelation at some point i was trying to figure out and was like oh yes this is definitely colonel brandon so for astrology i um i think he is a cancer yeah cancers are loyal they're tenacious they're highly imaginative they're sympathetic they're moody they're pessimistic (laughs) they can be intense um cancer rules the moon and it is the mother of the zodiac um, and it's also a water sign which rules emotions and i feel like colonel brandon is definitely ruled emotional. by his heart and emotions mm-hmm. um yeah and so i think that's like one of the most nurturing and i really feel like he i could see him as being the mother of the zodiac you know yeah yeah he, he seems like almost like a caretaker <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so i think I, that's a good one i didn't have any questions in my mind as to whether he was a cancer or not <laughs> yeah that sounds great yeah cancer and what were you thinking for harry potter because I got two, and I don't know. They're mm. opposite from each other, and neither are ca- cancerish. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would go with Gryffindor. Yeah. Loyal. I was uh, thinking maybe Gryffindor. Good-hearted. Yeah. You know. But I was also thinking maybe Hufflepuff, because aren't they also kind of loyal, good-hearted? Yeah. But with less of the... Bravado. Yeah. Yeah. So I think either of those. Yeah. Cusp again. Because, but I don't know if you were looking at a wheel, if Gryffindor and Hufflepuff would be next to each next other. Next to each other. <laughs> but maybe. It's only maybe. four, so. Yeah, because I think Sl- Slytherin and Ravenclaw, I think, seem kind of a little bit closer. Yeah. So, yeah, I bet Hufflepuff is next to Gryffindor. Yeah. Because then it could, it could be like Ravenclaw, Slytherin, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff. Yeah. I think you can be the cusp of anything when you're talking about Harry Potter. Yeah, Because I mean, there's not real too much established uh, lore. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. So for our recommendations for this week, um, th- now that Disney Plus is out, I've, you know, perused the entire catalog and I've tried out a bunch of different stuff, but I rewatched an old favorite of mine from okay. when I was a child and I really think it holds up. And so I'm going to recommend Willow. Oh, I've never <laughs> heard of that before. You should definitely watch it. It's so good. It's a uh, Ron Howard directed. Okay. It's got... Warwick Davis, I think it's his name. Yeah, as the lead, and um, Val Kilmer is in it. Okay. Diane Lane, maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one, but um, it's so, it's so good, and it gave me all the nostalgic feelings. But yet, I still wasn't like, well, this doesn't really hold up now. But it, I thought it really did hold up, and it, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. That's so good. <laughs> Okay, well, my recommendation for this week is also going to be Disney Plus related. 
Um, I mean, I, I don't know a single person who isn't watching it. At this we point. can't help it. It's new. It's cool. Yes. It's got all the stuff. Yes. Um, but I'll recommend The Mandalorian. Um, it's so good. I feel like I just, I mean, John Favreau, I think, is great. And I think he understands what people want. And I per- think purposely he's like, I'm not going to you know, write this show that's going to have these, like, tragic things happen and make people upset. I think he wants to make his viewers happy. And so the things that you want to happen end up happening anyways. (laughs) Um, And I just would give my life for Baby Yoda. That's all. Oh, I know. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, I want it. I want to squish it in my hands and kiss its little face. It's so cute. (laughs) It is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it's weird to feel like... um, you would lay down your life for a, a puppet, for the actual puppet, yes. not for a real life baby Yoda, no. just for that cute ass puppet. That cute little puppet <laughs> with its big old eyes and its little, its big old ears. It's oh, so cute. I loved it. Hopefully that's not a spoiler, but by this point, yeah. by the time well. this comes out, I would think if you haven't been spoiled yet, you're pretty lucky. Yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I would say baby Yoda's taken over the internet at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're not watching it by now, you might as well get into it. It's <laughs> Just for, at least for Baby Yoda. Yep. Oh, okay. It's worth it. So that's everything for today. So, um. Um, and our contact info, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our uh, Gmail is mannersandmadness at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at mannersandmadnesspod. Our Twitter is at mannersmadness. And if you would like to see what platforms we're available on or see anything about the web, uh, the podcast, visit our website at mannersandmadness.com. And so next week, join us where we will begin our conversation of Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley. Um, So come back and join us. Good night. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs)